Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals at Ryu Hotels and Resorts in Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central America, and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on Easy Mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. It's time to get inside the Giants' home. Let's go, let's go, let's go. On Giants.com. I like it, I like it, I like it. And the Giants mobile app. Give me some juice. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's roll. Welcome to the Giants Huddle Podcast brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the New York Giants. We are gearing up for week four in the NFL. And after a bit of a money buy, the Giants will host the Seahawks on Monday Night Football as they look to bounce back following their 30-12 loss in San Francisco to the Niners last Thursday night. To help set the stage for the Giants' next game, we bring in a man who you can see every week as the host of NFL Matchup and on Sunday NFL Countdown, reporting from games across the league, none other than ESPN Sal Palantonio. Sal, you got Lance Meadow here on Giants.com. Appreciate the time. Hope all is well. How's everything on your end? Everything is good, Lance. Thanks for having me on the program. I really appreciate it. Well, it's a pleasure having you on the program, Sal. And I want to start from a big-picture perspective because last season when we were talking about the Giants, it's fair to say we were putting the offense under the microscope. They had a very aggressive offseason. They brought in pieces on both sides of the ball, on offense and defense. But now this season, Sal, we're putting both the offense and the defense under the microscope, given the struggles across the board. What is more surprising to you if you were to assess this team right now through three games, the offense or the defensive side of the ball? I would have to say the defensive side of the ball, uh, basically because of what they did offensively, I thought, uh, you know, they were going to be good, and, and I think they're going to be good, but the defense is just not taking the ball away. I mean, you know, you don't have any turnovers. You're not you're not sacking the quarterback like you should, especially with that very aggressive defense. <clears throat> I just think the defense to me is the bigger surprise and the bigger letdown. You know, I was there in training camp. You saw me. I sat down with Daniel Jones one on one. It was right after Saquon Barkley reported to camp, and I like what I saw of the football team. I got to say, overall, Lance. I am personally very surprised they've gotten out uh, of the gate so poorly. I really am. I mean, I didn't expect them to beat the Cowboys for sure. And, of course, a trip to San Francisco on Thursday night is tough. But when you're last in the NFC in rushing and second to last in the NFL, NFC in passing offensive, you've only scored 43 points, only eight trips into the red zone. Uh, You know, I'm surprised by that. Sal, you alluded to the fact that Wink Martindale is known for his aggressive scheme. He's right up there in terms of 
the blitzing percentage compared to the rest of the NFL. And everybody normally looks up to his defenses. But how much do you think the defensive struggles come down to simply they're not getting enough disruptive plays from their stars, such as the Kayvon Thibodeaux, the Dexter Lawrence's, the Leonard Williams of the world, maybe more so than anything connected to this game? I agree. It's, it is about your stars performing at the higher level than the other team's stars. You know, football is a game of matchups. I've been involved with that show now for 20 years. It's my 20th year hosting the show, and I believe in that. It's a game of matchups, and you have to win matchups with your athletes. Those star players, those players that you're paying the most and you expect the most from, have to come through. They have to be the outliers and the difference makers. Those sound like cliches, but they're cliches for a reason, Lance. It's what wins or loses at the NFL level. You can scheme up certain things. You can coach certain things. You can have tactics. But in the end, it's about the players making plays. We all know that. And about players winning their one-on-one matchups against uh, the opposition. And in this game against Seattle, pivoting just a little bit, I know you want to get there and you're starting out big picture. But they have to win their matchups against Seattle on defense, and they can. I think they match up pretty well against Seattle. Seattle's offensive line is good, not great. Geno Smith is prone to making mistakes, has been in his career, he's playing better. But this is a game where the defensive stars of the Giants need to be disruptors, need to be making plays behind the line of scrimmage. That, that to me, is the key. Sal, I'm glad you went there with respect to the matchup because the other thing that jumps out to me is the Giants missed tackles on the defensive side of the ball. And I want to focus specifically on who Seattle presents in the backfield because Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet are very different but also very physical. And if you don't wrap them up, it's going to be a very long evening or a long afternoon. How much do you think with respect to missed tackling, this is a great litmus test for this Giants defense to determine how many strides they made given what the Seattle backfield is going to present in this matchup? Well, it has to be a point of emphasis this week because the tape doesn't lie. You're exactly right, Lance. You know, the tackling with the Giants has not been up to the level that you would expect from a New York Giant defense. Now, not as an excuse, I won't offer it, but tackling around the league has been pretty suspect this year and the last two to three years because nobody's hitting in training camp anymore. But in this particular game, where you have backs with power and strength, you have to swarm to the football and get them on the ground. The, the, the blocking scheme of Seattle is not terribly complex. You're not playing the 49ers. It's straight ahead, and it's body on body, and it's helmet on helmet and hat on hat. So in this particular game, you alluded to it, the question before, the guys who make the most money, the guys who are the stars of the team, the guys who are supposed to be disruptors and penetrators, especially in the run defense, have got to show up. And that's effort. And I think it will. I think there's a sense of urgency slash desperation for this Giants team. They know what's next on the schedule. They are on Monday night football. Their last two opportunities on the national stage did not go at all as planned. This is a Giants team that I think will rebound in this game against the Seahawks because they understand 
what's at stake. And so it's an effort thing, especially with tackling, and I think it will be there for them this week. Sal, as an extension to that, and as you can attest to, this is a matchup-driven league. I think in the wake of how much energy it took and the rally against the Arizona Cardinals and how they lost to the Cowboys and the Niners, many people pointed to, well, that's a red flag because Arizona is nowhere near Dallas at San Francisco. You should have handled your business better. In the wake of Arizona giving Dallas a very hard time and winning that game, does that soften the blow in your mind in terms of what it took the Giants to overcome Arizona, given how matchups once again dictate the results of this game? Uh, yes. Short answer, absolutely yes. Bigger picture answer, what I saw from Daniel Jones in particular in the latter part of that game against Arizona was very encouraging. Uh, <clears throat> because, you know, you have a, a component to his game that I think that the Giants need to exploit more, and that is his ability to run and outrun defenders. Uh, and he has obviously gained muscle and strength in the offseason. When I was with him in camp, it was clear, and now you could see it, and it was on display in that game. Now, of course, against the 49ers, which is a far superior team on a short week, that was a tough ball game for them. But I think the Giants having some rest and the Seahawks coming across the country uh, this is a game that sets up where the Giants can, you know, get themselves to a position of 500 and uh, figure it out from there. You're ready for a change. Payday comes early with citizens. So go to that retreat. New you moves to the country. Now you're raising goats and launching a lifestyle brand. Are you ready for all that life brings? The Huddle is brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the New York Giants. From game day to every day, Citizens is made ready for Giants fans with insights, guidance, and solutions. Learn more at citizensbank.com. As we're talking with ESPN, Sal Palantonio, setting the stage for the Giants and the Seahawks on Monday Night Football. Earlier, you brought up the Seahawks' offensive line, and perhaps this could be a matchup in which the Giants try to bring up the pressures and the sacks. The other thing that's interesting to me, Sal, is the Seahawks' offensive line has been beat up over the first three games, they were at a point against Carolina. They were down four starters, yet they still managed to put up 37 points in each of the last two games. You look on the Giants' side of the equation, they also have dealt with their fair share of injuries, specifically on the left side with Andrew Thomas and Ben Bredesen. The results haven't been nearly as encouraging. What, if anything, can Giants fans take away, or the Giants coaching staff even in your mind, if Seattle can find ways to overcome being decimated by injuries on the offensive line, what perhaps the Giants could tap into, especially if they need to utilize more and more of their depth chart here moving forward? Yeah, so you, you have to throw the Carolina game out. The Panthers are a mess. You never know what you're going to get with the Panthers uh, from play-to-play, drive-to-drive, quarter-to-quarter. So uh, I wasn't surprised at all at what happened uh, I, I had a, I had a feeling that uh, Seattle would prevail in that game. Now, how do the Giants? Let's let's boil it down to this, Lance. How do the Giants win this game? What are the three things that they have to do? Well, first and foremost, they cannot turn the football over. They got to stop. They have to go back to last year 
when Dayball, uh, you know, basically instituted a no turn, a no fly zone for anybody <laughs> to turn the football over. You know, um, you can't be minus five in the sure. NFL and do any do anything. I mean, I don't care what it is. You can't win games. You can't win your division. You can't go to playoffs if you're minus five. I don't care how good your quarterback's playing, how big, how good your stars are playing. Just forget about it. You know, that has to be to me. If I was in the Giants' meeting rooms, if I'm Dayball, if I'm Kafka. If I'm Daniel Jones, that's the number one point of emphasis. You're probably not going to have Saquon Barkley. I don't have any kind of inside information, but based on his injury history and the history of that ankle, of ankles in general for running backs, and even if you do, you don't know how effective he's going to be. So this is a game that's going to be won or lost by that quarterback. And you can't turn the ball over. So you can't. You have to be super judicious and careful with the football and it has to be the number one point of emphasis. And then, two, I would take the football. Don't defer. If you win the toss, take the ball and grind out an early good drive that results in points, either a field goal, preferably a touchdown. Get up early on Seattle, because if you get behind on Seattle, you'll have a problem. I think you have to get up early on Seattle in this game. Number one thing uh, is when you get the early lead, then you turn things loose defensively on Geno Smith and try to get him to turn the football over. That, to me, are the three – those are the three things in this matchup the Giants must do in order to win the game. Because you – I don't know what the exact number is. You probably have it off uh, off the top of your head. They've been outscored, what, 56-3 to three in the first quarter or first half? It's been insane, right? Sure. Yeah. Well, they've put themselves in these large deficits, to your point, where they've had to dig themselves out of it and play catch-up. And they're not built to do that, given the problems on no, the offensive line. Yeah. They're not. They're not built to do that. So you've got to find a way to grind, uh, grind out an early scoring drive. Some way, somehow, whether it's scripted, have contingency plans based on, you know, Pete Carroll's defense is not that complex. It never has been complex. He's always used superior athletes uh, in a very vanilla scheme <clears throat> and to keep plays in front of you. So Daniel is going to, he know, everybody in the league knows that about Pete Carroll's defense. Again, I go back to matchups. So what Daniel Jones has to do in this game very specifically is don't overthink it. Take what Carroll gives you in this defense and grind out an early offensive scoring drive. I mean, I would take the ball and make sure you get the lead. It makes sense, especially since you want to test that Seattle defense, to your point, which is struggling based on all of the rankings. They're 31st in a few different categories. So I think that would be something that perhaps could give the Giants a little bit of motivation. You brought up Daniel Jones's running ability earlier, Sal, and I think it's interesting because Saquon didn't play in the Niners game, and you mentioned based on his injury history, you can't assume that he's going to have this quick return. How much do you think? In the eyes of defenses, and I know Seattle and San Francisco are not equivalent, but they're saying to themselves, well, if we don't have to worry about Saquon, now we can actually hone in on Daniel's ability to run because it is such a dangerous facet and that this gives defenses more on their minds to say, we don't have to worry about the other running backs and we can limit the damage done by the quarterback. How much do you think those dynamics may have played into the San Francisco game and something that Seattle will be looking at as well? 100%. 
can't deny it. There's no question about it. You know, <clears throat> what makes, uh, what makes a, a running back work in an RPO kind of offense where your quarterback is a dual threat who can win out of, outside the pocket and inside the pocket is deception, first and foremost. First rule of battle, don't wake the horses. That's the bottom line. So if you have deception in your running game, if you have to dedicate a hat on defense to both the running back and the quarterback, that's a big problem for the defense. If you don't have to do that and they can focus in on Daniel as a runner, he's going to have to win some <laughs> One of the best things I saw on Instagram this summer was Bill Parcells was in camp, and he was visiting with Brian Dayball, and he introduced himself to Daniel Jones. I don't know if you saw this little clip, and Parcells said, nice to meet you. Don't forget, throw it to the open guy. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> that was great, right? And that's what sure. Daniel has to do in this game. You know, and, and that's up to Kafka and Dayball. You know, you, you don't, if you don't have Barkley, which it looks like you won't, and they will be keying on Daniel as a runner, then scheme up some easy reads for him. And what I would like to see is that tight end who has made his bones <clears throat> as a route runner in the middle of the field with one-on-ones where he's doing those crossing routes, and Daniel throws the crossing routes very well against the vanilla defense, throw on first down. Look at what Jalen Hurts did with A.J. Brown last week in Monday Night Football. Sure, They had trouble getting, trouble getting the passing game going. A.J. Brown lined up uh, left, left uh, X and, and sometimes in the slot, and just they forced one-on-one matchups in the crossing routes, and he just beat his man, and they threw it to him, and he got yards after the catch. That's what Waller's there for, right? That's what he's there for. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to coach up the team, obviously, but there are ways that this could happen, and I think that they can figure it out. I do. You love turf. You're good at it. So you start a turf biz. Business grows. Your savings grow. Become the most celebrated name in turf. Are you ready for all that life brings? Sal, you brought up the nature of Pete Carroll's defense, and we talked about the struggles pretty much across the board and how this could very well be an attractive matchup for the Giants. But what I don't think we could overlook, and I'm curious your perspective is, in fairness, they are down a lot of talented guys on the back end. Jamal Adams is set to make his season debut Monday night, so that's a boost at safety. And they were down two of their starting corners against Carolina, Enrique Woolen and Kobe Bryant. How much at all do you think that's played into the large passing numbers that the Seahawks have given up? Or would you argue, hey, this is Pete Carroll's scheme, and whether they have their big horses on the field or not, they're still prone to give up those big plays? I think it's a mixture of both. You want to have your top-line starters on the field. Teams have been able to throw the ball against Carroll when uh, he's had his top-flight people. If you have a quarterback who's patient, one. Two, makes good decisions with the ball. Because what Carroll is trying to do, he's not trying to rent extra space in your mind. He's just trying to wait you out. He's just trying to wait the quarterback out to see how patient he's going to be and then bait him into a, a last-minute bad decision and get the turnover. That's what this team has been built on for well over a decade. That's how they won the Super Bowl with the Legion of Doom. 
so I, I, I think this is a waiting game. It's a game of patience. And that's one thing that Daniel has, you know, or has had uh, in the past. Uh, certainly had it last year. Um, and he's got to exhibit that in this football game. I mean, you know, Lance, let's, we, you never want to say must win to an athlete because they know that, you know, your, your job, you get paid to win every game. But this is as close to a must-win as you could possibly have for the New York football giants. Well, especially when you look at who's on the horizon in terms of the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. To your point, the schedule doesn't get any easier as we're talking with ESPN Sal Palantonio about the Giants-Seahawks Monday night matchup. Giants fans love a winner. It's why they love Citizens, named a 2022 Best Bank in the U.S. by the banker. As the official bank of the Giants and sponsor of the huddle, Citizens is made ready for fans of Big Blue. Learn more at CitizensBank.com. And what, Sal, you were just hitting on is if the Giants are going to turn the corner, you have to see the offensive production skyrocket, especially when you look at teams like Seattle and Miami and Buffalo are obviously able to put on points on the board. So with respect to this offensive side of the ball, and you were talking about maybe this is, once again, an attractive matchup for the Seahawks and the Giants, but it comes back to to be playing the trenches. And I think the biggest issue has been protecting Daniel Jones, the amount of pressure he's been seeing. How much has that, in your opinion, been the lone reason why we haven't seen a high volume of explosive plays and we have not seen Daniel Jones have the ability to air it out, which is what a lot of people anticipated coming into this season, given the speed and the weaponry that they added? Yeah, it's a big factor, and there's no question about that. You look around the National Football League, there aren't too many teams that have coherent chemistry on their offensive lines. Uh, A lot of teams have injuries. A lot of teams just don't have the talent or the depth. Uh, I'm in Philadelphia right now, as you know, and what has driven the Eagles' first three wins has not been the play of Jalen Hurts. It hasn't had the productivity or efficiency that you saw last year. But their offensive line is just so superior in terms of its experience and the blend of youth and experience. And then their versatility to just pivot to the run game when the pass game is bottled up. So, that's where it starts. It is a cliche, but it is very true. Um, I, I think if they can just get some quick hitters and yards after the catch, uh, you know, maybe they can get something going. But in this game, they don't really have to do that, and they probably won't be able to do that because Seattle plays their safety so deep. And this is what you have to, I'm sure, the coaching staff has warned Daniel about in this football game. Just grind out an early drive or two, get an early lead, and then, you know, get after Geno Smith and force him to turn the football over. Sal, from a big picture perspective, given the fact that, as you mentioned, you're in Philadelphia and obviously you're not just across the league following everything, but specifically honing in on the NFC East. I would say I don't think the start of the season for this division has been a surprise, given most thought the Eagles and the Cowboys had separated themselves from the rest of the pack, but through three games, how would you best assess the NFC East and the direction that it's gone thus far, and even including a team like Washington, which I know is coming off a bad loss to the Bills, but perhaps could be a thorn in the side of the other three teams at this point? Well, you just can see how injuries play such a big role 
you know, Washington's got major problems on their offensive line. Sam Howell's been sacked 19 times. They come into Philadelphia now, <clears throat> which is no picnic. You know that. South Philly, the concrete jungle's rough, especially <laughs> for NFC East teams. So that's rough for them. I mean, I think the Eagles have been brutalized by a tough early schedule, but they've survived it. Uh, and, you know, Washington uh, always plays the Eagles tough, but I still think the Eagles win this game on Sunday. Uh, Dallas, that injury to their corner, uh, to Trayvon Diggs, was huge. There's no question about that. And then the quarterback turning the football over. If he goes back to that, then, you know, everything is going to uh, recess to the mean. So for the Cowboys, after their first two big wins, you know, the Giants have to find a way to survive in advance. And this is a good week to start. They don't want to get three games down in the lost column to Philadelphia. Plus, you take into consideration Seattle could very well be a team competing for a wild card spot in their same boat, given how strong San Francisco has gotten off into the early stages yeah. of the season. Yep, he is no Sal question. Palantonio. No. You could see him as the host of NFL Matchup and on Sunday NFL Countdown, reporting from games across the league. Sal, always great catching up with you. Greatly appreciate the time of the inside and very much look forward to speaking to you down the road. That was a terrific interview, Lance. Thank you very much. Really, really enjoyed talking to you, and uh, I look forward to visiting with you guys soon. You got it. My pleasure. ESPN Sal Palantonio setting the stage. Giants Seahawks Monday Night Football. You can check out the Giants Huddle podcast on Giants.com, the mobile app, and your favorite podcast platforms. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 4-14-24 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.